June 5th is considered or celebrated as Pentecost <clears throat> Sunday all over the world. So today is known as Pentecost Sunday. So this morning I want to talk a little bit about Pentecost and what is Pentecost and how it is relevant to our lives. So Pentecost Sunday is the 50th day after the resurrection. <clears throat> after Jesus rose from the dead, 50th day is the Pentecost Sunday. So Pentecost Sunday uh, is a commemoration or celebration uh, during the initial descent of the Holy Spirit. If you all remember in Acts chapter 2, Spirit of God was poured upon all flesh. That's what we read in Acts chapter 2. So it's a celebration and remembrance of how the Spirit of God was poured upon the mankind. It, not only that, it was also a day of birth of church. So on that day, church was born. Pentecost Sunday is not only a Sunday when we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, people suddenly received the gift of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As I said, there were 3,000 people as Peter started preaching the word of God. There were 3,000 people got added to the church. And today, if you see <clears throat> everywhere, the mainstream church, mainstream churches are celebrating Pentecost. Now, they remember what had happened in the Old Testament and in the New Testament days. And especially they remember on the day of Pentecost, as the book of Acts says, what really took place to the early church. But the Messianic believers or the traditional Jews, they observe Pentecost. They, in fact, do it from Saturday to Monday. They do it for a long time. But they don't call it as a Pentecost Sunday, but they call it as Shavuot. Or it means weeks. Shavuot means, in Hebrew, it means weeks. So Pentecost has a Old Testament significance. It's not just a New Testament word. You don't find that word often in the, in the, in the book, in the Bible, but it, it is not just a New Testament word. It is also, it has so much of significance in the Old Testament. In the very early Jewish history, in the event of Feast of Weeks, Feast of Weeks that has a great significance. If you remember, we don't go there, but in the book of Leviticus, we read God was asking children of Israel to count seven weeks. Can you say seven weeks? So he asked us to count seven weeks. So how many is days are seven weeks? 49? Great, good. So 49 days. So, so at the end of the 49 days, then comes the 50th day. So 50th day, so Pentecost simply means 50th, 50th day. So God asked them to bring new offerings on the day of Pentecost and make it as a celebration. So Jewish, uh, Jews and Messianic believers, they still remember Shavuot or the festival of weeks, you know, uh, because they, 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 they know their Old Testament well. And the rabbis, they determined God had given Torah, Torah is the five books of the Old Testament, to Moses, and it happened on the 50th day from Passover. You remember the fast Passover they all went through in Egypt, and they were under slavery. God brought them out, and when they went through Passover, so from there then they started walking in the wilderness. So rabbi, rabbis believe that, you know, 50th day was the day when God gave Moses the commandments in the first book of five books of the law. 
Passover was observed even you know, uh, in, in, in Egypt when children of Israel were released from the bondage of slavery. They had to observe Passover. But when God's law, the book of the law was given in the wilderness, you know, we really understand God had given the, uh, given the book of the law to bring them out of the spiritual bondage of idolatry and immorality. Passover always brings something new. For the children of Israel, as they were going through bondage, Passover brought deliverance for them out of bondage. And now we see Children of Israel in the wilderness, they were given the book of the law so that they can come out of the slavery, the spiritual slavery with which they were living. And in the same way, when the Pentecost was observed on the 50th day from the day of resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, we see something new happening in the book of Acts. So 50th day or feasts of the week are God giving Torah to his people or Jewish establishing Shavuot they just all mean the same thing as Pentecost. Can you all say Pentecost? So today I want to take you into the New Testament just to see the significance of Pentecost in, in the relevance with respect to how important, how relevant Holy Spirit is for today's church. This morning I titled my sermon as the Spirit of Pentecost. Can you say that? The Spirit of Pentecost. The New Testament event that took place on the 50th day from the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ is clearly described in Acts chapter 2. So before even talking about Acts chapter 2, I want to introduce Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God to you, to all of us this morning. I want to take you through a sequence of events related to Holy Spirit. So if you can have the next slide, please. We see there, it was prophesied by the prophet Joel. <clears throat> And the same Spirit of God came upon Mary as she was conceived with the Lord Jesus Christ. It came upon Jesus as he took baptism. And again we see in the book of Acts when Peter preaches, he says, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus foretold about the coming of the Holy Spirit and he introduced the Holy Spirit as a helper, as a comforter. And Bible says in the book of Romans, Holy Spirit is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. <clears throat> and Jesus, after his death, after his resurrection, when disciples were inside the closed door, closed room, Jesus appeared there. And Bible says he breathed upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. And Jesus asked them to wait to receive the power from above. And then we see the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. And that comes with the manifestations and signs and wonders. And Jesus baptizes everybody with the power from above. And the promise of receiving the power of God is for everybody. You know, this is just a kind of outline this I'm just going through this morning. We are going to go through. We are going to go through a lot of scriptures this morning because I love scriptures. Anybody with me? Amen. We, love, we all love scriptures. We are all the students of the Bible. So we love scriptures. So I, I am really joyful this morning to go through a couple of scriptures and as we can learn from, this, from these scriptures together. So first of all, it was prophesied by Prophet Joel. Prophesied by Prophet Joel. So this particular incident took place around 800 years. Can you say 800? 800 years before even 
out Holy Spirit was poured upon the church, the first church. Spirit of God. God prophesied about the coming of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Shall we turn our Bibles to Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. The prophet Joel says, And it shall come to pass, can you read with me, afterward, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall see visions, verse 29, and also on my servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days. What does it really mean? It means the Spirit of God was foretold that he is going to be poured upon. By the way, who is Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is one among the triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not just a power, he's a personality. The same way we see Jesus, the same way we realize Holy Spirit, he comes and he walks with us, he works with us, he speaks to us, he deals with us. He is the one of the triune God, Godhead. And prophet Joel, he saw this happening in the coming days. And he spoke about the days, in the last days, that I will pour out my spirit upon, upon, you need to help me here, upon, all flesh, upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy old men and women will dream dreams and young men shall see visions and spirit of god came exactly as joel prophesied as we read from the book of acts then little later after not little later really after around 800 years when mary was just in her house and mary just got conceived about to be conceived, or just conceived. And here we see an angel appearing to Mary and telling these words. We read that in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, can you read it with me? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. We see this power of God, Holy Spirit, coming upon Mary. Let's take it further. As Jesus was born and then Jesus was baptized. And as Jesus was baptized, we read that in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. When he had been baptized, what happened? Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold what happened then. That's very interesting. The heavens were open to Jesus. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting lighting upon him. So, you know, we see the power of God, the Spirit of God, we always refer to power of God and the presence of God, was foretold by prophet Joel. And we see the continuing ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in those lives, those selected individuals. Not on everybody, because it is not poured on every flesh yet. Now, Peter is preaching, it's a little later, Peter is preaching in, in Cornelius' house. We, are, we don't want to go there, but we want to talk about Jesus there. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Peter as was preaching, this is what he is preaching. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit. So who was the first one to receive that anointing? Ever who walked on the face of this earth. Jesus was the one who received that anointing. He was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. 
You know, you remember in the Old Testament, there are many occasions the power of God came upon people, upon kings and upon priests and upon prophets, but they were all given just for that moment to accomplish certain things as God wanted to do. But then they were taken up, they were taken away. But now you see upon Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming and resting upon. This is something similar to the Old Testament days, the kings were anointed by the priests. Right? Now we see God the Father anointing his son Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Because he is the high priest and he, now he is the anointer. He is the life giver and he, is, he promised, later on he, is, he has promised the Holy Spirit. And that's going to come upon all flesh. Jesus promised, as I said, he promised a helper. We read that in John chapter 14, verses 15 and 17. If you love me, can you read with me? Keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper. You know, Jesus is into... You know, the, 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 the incident that took place in the book of Acts chapter 2, it did not happen just all of a sudden. There were prophecies when they heard of it. And that Jesus was preaching about it and telling the disciples about it. And the Spirit of God who is a helper. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. And taking it a little further, after Jesus' ministry on the face of this earth, Jesus died and he was buried. And remember when Jesus was buried in the tomb, on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. What you could imagine there, what you could expect there to happen. Bible clearly says, the writer of Romans, uh, he says in Romans 8, 11, can you read with me? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Spirit of God. The spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. And we are there, when we die, when we are all gone, and one day when Jesus comes back to, this to, back to this earth, we are going to rise with him. And who's going to rise us? Who's going to wake us up on that day? Who? Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit. Let, let's read that again. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to be to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you now jesus after his resurrection he walked into the closed room where disciples were so afraid of the authorities and they were hiding themselves and jesus appeared there let's read that uh, portion of the scripture John chapter 20 verses 19 to 21 then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of Jews Jesus who came there Jesus came and he stood in the midst and what did he say peace be with you and I was just imagining that situation that just disciples were so afraid because their leader was just killed according to their understanding. And they were so terrified waiting for death to come at any moment. And Jesus appearing there and telling them, peace be with you. 
Peace be with you. You know, that, makes, that means so much to the disciples at that moment. Have you come across any time in your life when you, when you are in pain and when you are in agony? Maybe physical pain. You're just trying to rush to the doctor. Just waiting for, you know, maybe some pain medication or something that will help you to put your pain down. You just wait for that moment. Or sometimes we may, go, we may go through emotional pain and struggles in our lives. And when we go through that pain, you know, we may be just waiting for that moment to get released out of that pain and out of that struggle. And I don't know how many of you experience that in your life. Sometimes, you know, life becomes a shelter. Sometimes life becomes a closed shell. Sometimes we can't really escape out of that life. And when that moment comes, that moment is so wonderful. That moment is so nourishing, so helping as to know there is a savior. There is somebody who is helping me to get out of that situation. And that's what exactly disciples were going through. Verse 20, when he heard said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Because they were not believing. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, so Jesus said to them again, peace be with you, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Verse 22. And when he had said this, what he did? He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This happening before the incident that took place in the book of Acts. Right? So there is a difference, obviously. Jesus breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So they obviously, when Jesus said that they received the Holy Spirit at that moment, you know, these are certain incidents that we need to understand from Scripture that happened once. When Jesus breathed Holy Spirit upon the disciples, disciples obviously they are present in the churches across the world. The Holy Spirit is breathed upon the churches. Today we don't need to breathe Holy Spirit into somebody's mouth. We don't need to do it. Because Holy Spirit is already there. You need to just receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, again, asking the disciples to wait. He said, it's not enough. You receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not enough. Holy Spirit is inside of us the moment we receive Christ. A time has come for the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit is what they experienced at that moment. But that's not enough. They need to be empowered. They need power to do the work of God. So Jesus asked the disciples to wait. We see that again in Luke chapter 24, verse 44. It's not enough. You need to wait. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with the power from high. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into their lives, but now he is asking them to wait. Don't go. This is not enough. You need the power of God. Until Can you read the scripture again? Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Did they wait? They waited. They waited in the upper room. So once they waited, they received the Holy Spirit. All the disciples, including the 120, they received the Holy Spirit. So today you don't need to wait to receive the Holy Spirit. 
You don't need to wait. It's already given. You need to receive it. You need to wait if your life is not ready yet. But don't wait for the Holy Spirit to come in your life. You don't need to wait because it's already given. So we need to receive the Holy Spirit today. You know, that's why sometimes, you know, we look for that same incident that took place. It's not going to repeat that incident. You can't really look for, you know, fire of tongues from coming from heaven. God may show you to somebody that's a different situation, but it's already given. The Spirit of God is already given. Today, all that the church needs to do is, we need to receive the power of God. We need to receive the power of God. Bible refers that to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus spoke about it. Let's read Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded who Jesus, before he was taken up into the heaven, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. We read that from the gospel. Now we are reading from the book of Acts. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Because he already spoke about this. And verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You know, that scripture makes it very clear. When he breathed Holy Spirit into them, they received the Holy Spirit, that indwelling day, because basically the disciples got saved on that day. That's the day of salvation for them. Jesus already died at the cross. Salvation is possible. So when Jesus appeared to them in the closed room, I mean, this is just a revelation now. So, you know, when Jesus appeared there in the closed room, the unsaved disciples were sitting there. I mean, they were so carnal. They were doing all the fleshly things. They were killing each other, cutting their ears, betraying God. Everything was happening there. But now, an unsaved bunch of disciples are seated inside the room, room right now. Jesus appeared there and he said, he breathed. They received the indwelling presence of God at that moment. They got saved. They received salvation. They received Christ Jesus at that moment. But now Jesus is telling them, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So it does not happen. It is yet to come. And then we read in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Shall we read that? When the day of Pentecost, 50th day from the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them dividing tongues, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now here is an incident we see. They started speaking in tongues. So as he said, today we don't need to wait, really wait for to hear a sound from heaven. We don't really, really wait for a rushing wind. We don't really wait for the tongues of fire to come and settle upon our lives. It's because it's already given. We need to just receive it. Later in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts. These are a couple of things we are just going to go through and then we are going to continue a time of prayer this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. Paul is talking about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the different gifts of the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Don't want to talk, I don't have time, in, time to talk in detail about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but there are, there are key aspects. Let's read 1 Corinthians 7, 12, 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given, can you read with me? To each one 
for the profit of all. If I read from NIV, it says, for, a, for the common good. NLT says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So why this gift is given? The gift is mainly given with the purpose of helping others. For others' profit, profit of all, for a common good. You know, God wants us to use these gifts so that the work of God can be done. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, not just the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are many other gifts of the Holy Spirit. The one who is standing at the door when someone comes and walks the, opens the door and give a good smile to that person, you need a gift to do that. Not everybody can do it. You need a gift to do it. You need to do a gift and do anything, anything that you want to do for God. Even just to sit there and operating the slides, you need a gift. And you use that gift, you don't keep that gift within us. We use that gift for common good, for the benefit of all. It includes spiritual gifts too. All the gifts, the prophecy, healing, uh, speaking in tongues, interpretation, you know, all these gifts are given for the common good, not just to keep it inside of us. Let's take it further. First Corinthians 12, 13. Here Paul writes, he says, how you're baptized. Paul says, you know, these are some key aspects that church need to listen today. Baptized by one spirit. Can you say one spirit? For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. I want you to read the scripture with, with, with intention. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free. All and all have been made to drink into one spirit. Okay, Kim, remember the NIV says, we were all given the one spirit to drink. NLT says, all being baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Who are all sharing the same spirit? Greeks, Jews, free, are you with me? And slave. Everybody is baptized with one spirit. So Pentecost is not for a denomination. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm coming to. You know, today the term is so attached to a denomination or a group of people. You know, whatever scripture I read from where? I read that from the Bible. Not from a Pentecost document. So uh, Pentecost is simply just means 50th day. Right? So now anybody says I'm a Pentecostal, you need to tell them then. Hi, 50. Hi, 50. Pentecost means what? 50th day. It's wrongly attributed to a denomination, but Bible doesn't say that. Bible says, with one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, one spirit. There is only one Holy Spirit. He is the same Spirit of God who works in the lives of Greeks, who works in the lives of Jews, who works in the lives of free, and who works in the lives of slaves. He works in all denominations. He works in all denominations. He works, how the denominations came into existence. We created the denomination, not God, not Bible. We created the denomination because Bible is so difficult to understand. So once you get a revelation, you want to start a group. And you want to start a movement. Correct? 
So that's how different denominations coming, are coming into picture. But Bible says we are all baptized with one spirit. Didn't remember denominations are man-made. So that simply means we should not divide people based on denomination. We should never divide people based on denomination. It's not biblical. We don't see that anywhere because we're all Baptists. Wherever people are calling upon the name of the Lord, they're all Baptists. There is nothing special about Pentecostals. There is nothing special about Baptists. There is nothing special about somebody else. As long as we call upon the name of Jesus and as long as we, we, we want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter where we are, how we are called. We can call it in different ways. We can say you are a Greek, you are a Jew. We can say many different things. But remember always, always remember, let's not divide people based on denomination. Respect all denominations. Respect all denominations. There's nobody superior than anybody in this, in this scenario. We all belong to God. We are all children of God. Because do you remember, do you realize when we go to heaven and stand before the throne of grace, nothing matters. Nothing matters there. Let's, let's establish that church here on the face of this earth. I thank, really thank God, even though this church is small, this church is multinational, this church is multicultural. That's how we want to be. Let's resemble what is going to happen in heaven. So otherwise, you know, when we go to heaven, we just do this, right? You are? You are not from my denomination. I don't know how you got there. You're not supposed to be here in this place. Then they will ask, where is your pastor? He didn't train you to be here? Respect all denominations because it is the same spirit of God who works upon all people. Respect each other. God is asking us, Paul is writing saying that consider others better than yourself. Consider others better than yourself. It doesn't matter who they are, whether they know, whether they can speak or they cannot speak, they can walk or they cannot walk. Consider yours, other, sorry, cons, did I say wrong? I said correct? Okay. Consider others better than yourself. Okay. That's important. That's what Pentecost teaches me. As I was studying, sitting and preparing, Lord, why did we give a wrong name to this denomination? Just because of that name, that denomination is separated from the rest of the crowd. We don't see that in the Bible. It's a wrong name to the denomination of God. We are all Pentecostals because the Bible says the truth is for everybody. The truth is for everybody. This morning, I just want you to carry these thoughts in your life. That will help you to bless others. That will help you to touch other lives. You know, as long as we are alive on the face of this earth, we, that will really help us to love people around us and encourage people around us to follow God and to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, people don't want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit just because they think that it belongs to Pentecostals. No, it's not true. It belongs to the Word of God. It belongs to those who love the Word of God. Finally, the gift of the Holy Spirit was promised to be given to all believers. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. In the same chapter, as Peter started receiving the power of the Holy Spirit and started preaching the word of God, and 3,000 people got added to the church, and this is the message, Acts chapter 2, verse 39, 38, 39. Then Peter said to them, can you read with me? Repent. We have that? Uh, verse 38. No, I didn't put that. Sorry. So uh, then Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then verse 39, for the promise, can you read with me? For the promise is to you and your, I mean this is the key word, the promise to you is to you and 
to your children and to those and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call that simply means this promise is for your children and your children's to children generation after generation it's not only because Peter is preaching right first preaching first sermon He's preaching in the people who are in the Cornelius house. They should not think that this, this is only for those people. No, it's not. As far as from the earth, you know, wherever, wherever the, from the east, from the west, you know, from all the different places, wherever the God is calling people, it's for everybody. This experience is for everybody. So this morning, as we are remembering what Jesus did and what the Holy Spirit, how he was put upon all flesh, as we read in the book of Acts, this morning we are going to get into a time of prayer.